hey everybody i thought i would borrow coco's welcome hey everybody like just totally upbeat rather than hello and welcome to another edition <laughs> this is an edition of the podcast i'm not coco and i'm not Daltz. and what we do here at coco and Daltz is we review movies and also books and music and tv shows and stuff that people like to enjoy in the these trying times we like to keep it light <laughs> we keep the light and feathery approach here at coco and Daltz. well i don't know if what we're reviewing today is really so light actually no it's not uh so coco tell us what are we watching this week so today we are watching The Old Guard, which is a brand new Netflix original movie that just dropped two days ago, if you're listening to this in real time. So we watched it and we are reviewing it for you today. So The Old Guard is about a group of immortals, believe it or not, stunningly based on the uh, name of, of the show. The Old um, Guard. I thought it was going to be like about... A retired football player. That's what oh. I thought. Or a basketball player. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. But no, instead it's about a group of people who are pretty much immortal, although they do die, although it takes like 6,000 years. So they're basically <laughs> immortal. Right. They are a gang of, it, there's four of them led by Charlize Theron. They go around doing social justice type stuff. They save people. They get recruited by a CIA agent to save a group of girls being held hostage in uh, the Sudan. I believe it's sort of like the, um, I think the Boko Haram incident that happened a few years ago. But it turns out they're actually being double-crossed by the CIA agent. What? I know. The CIA is known for being upright and trustworthy. He's a former CIA agent. Right. The uh, so it's Chiwetel Ejiofor, known uh, wow. for uh, Twelve Years a Slave. He got nominated for Best Actor for that. Could you say that again, please? Chiwetel Ejiofor. Look at that. I hope that's correct. That's awesome. So it turns out he has a backstory. His wife had ALS and she died, and he somehow found out about this gang of immortals, and he tells a nefarious big pharma guy (laughs) about them. And of course, big pharma being nefarious wants to test the immortals and figure out how to make money, money off it. So the show is kind of them trying to evade capture by the nefarious big pharma guy. And then it turns out now there's another lady who's young, who's a a Marine. Mm hmm. In Afghanistan, they have some kind of psychic connection. It turns out she's now immortal as well. She got slashed in the throat and miraculously recovered. So Charlie's goes and kidnaps her, and they bring her into the gang, Mm -hmm. just as a couple of the original old guard get kidnapped by the big pharma guy. Tests are run on them, and the end of the movie is Charlie's and the new girl and the guy in the gang who betrayed them to the CIA agent and the big pharma guy busting out their buddies and escaping to live out the rest of their lives. And they set it up pretty nicely for a sequel. So look for that to come whenever movies can be shot again. So, so first of all, there was a lot of slaughtering going on in this movie. (laughs) Yeah, there was a very high body count. There's a huge body count. And so (laughs) these guys being immortal, they're getting shot all the time. Right. And they're just kind of going down and then they get back up again. There's a lot of bullets that have killed them or would have killed mortal people that come out of their heads eventually. And it's a pretty gory, bloody mess uh, overall. Um, And of course, the immortals have no compunction whatsoever about slaughtering the mortals. 
Well, I mean, can you blame them? Because they've lived through <laughs> the Middle Ages and, you know, I mean, same crap, different century, right? You know, <laughs> they just want to be persecuted. So we watched uh, Extraction not long ago. It's a yeah. Netflix deal. And Which, I was watching this one and I was thinking, these are not really all that different. It's just a bunch yeah. of guys getting together and killing people. And yeah, definitely. I'm... I'm I think we should change it up at some point because I'm getting a little tired of watching people die. <laughs> in this, especially in this day and age where people are dying in real life all yeah. over the world and not in necessarily the same way. But man, oh man, there's a lot of gruesome killings in this and a lot of blood and guts. Um, I think if you're into this kind of thing, if you're in this kind of adventure and uh, uh, immortal superhero kind of thingy um, with high, and you're okay with high body count, I think that's fine. To me, it was, and it was, it was done well for what it was. Uh, mm-hmm. Charlize Theron is first class. I'm, I'm actually beginning to wor- worry about her though, because of her, <laughs> the roles that she's selecting. She's got. There's, there must be some rage there that we don't know about. But I mentioned to Daltz last night when we were watching it that she is clearly she's a stunningly beautiful woman, but she's kind of eschewed the typical Hollywood leading lady yeah. career arc yeah. and gone more for ass kicking action hero mm-hmm. and i actually kind of like it i think it's i don't mind that choice necessarily yeah. because i think you don't want to fall into the stereotype or the rut or anything like like where now you know, she's alicia silverstone and she's playing the mom in the babysitter's club right like yeah. she's and she's always got short hair she makes a point now of having her short hair and everything like that like she this is the same actor who was in monster and was fantastic in makeup and played a really breakout kind of role and you were kind of ex- i think people were kind of expecting a different career trajectory i don't know i don't know what the career trajectory would have been necessarily because for women it's so challenging you you fall into a pigeonhole and it's hard to get out of that but um she could have maybe been like a julia roberts or something right like easily easily and probably without even trying you know like just kind of be all of a sudden she's in all these movies and she's apparently been making two movies a year uh lead and not lead um, but you know, the, the last couple of movies, so there was this one, she was also in the Mad Max reboot, uh, when she played a kick-ass, uh, amputee lady in the desert. And then she was also in, uh, Atomic Blonde, which was yeah. very similar to this mm-hmm. movie in terms of she's like this machine who kills people. And I don't even remember the rest of the plot of that one. I just know she's that she's like a triple agent. She's right. like American pretending to be British, pretending to be American or something like that. Right. Like it was crazy. And a South African pretending to be all those things. Right. So uh, I'm beginning to worry about her because I'm wondering if she's got a lot of <laughs> PTSD or something like that. Well, she did. She was engaged to Sean Penn. So. Oh, well, that ex- <laughs> I didn't know that. That explains everything. That explains everything. All I, right. Stop the podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, pull all that back. <laughs> everything I just said was uninformed. But uh, This is I, what happens when you're married to a former gossip columnist. Like, I just bust out random tidbits. And you're like, oh. I don't know. And this is also what happens when I don't do any research before we jump on the podcast. I don't read the notes that the research department gives us before the, the podcast. Well, I, I told you that I did absolutely no research for this. So you were going to have to do the heavy lifting with, like, the names of the people who played the other roles besides Charlie's Theron and which she is was like, for, so which is like giving explosives to a three-year-old like that's terrible there's no way I'm going to do better with, than you with name pronunciations so uh what did you think Coco we haven't really talked about what you thought overall of this uh blow them up shoot them up the old guard well I I liked it mm-hmm. I I liked it in the same vein uh and a lot of veins got opened in this movie let me oh, tell you oh, yeah, uh. everybody <laughs> but um <laughs> Yeah, I didn't plan that. That just came out. I liked it in the same vein that I liked Extraction. It was just, it was 
mindless, but it wasn't dumb. Right. You know, like it's like... <laughs> there is a distinction. Right. There like is a distinction. I, you had to pay attention to it, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like some kind of crazy... Like we just watched part of a uh, an Amazon Prime series on the Black Death that was actually hosted by a professor mm-hmm. who teaches, you know, medieval history as her job and you had to like pay attention to that and with this not so you much. had to pay attention but you know it was just like at the very beginning when they got ambushed by the cia guys and then suddenly they're getting up i was like how are they going to explain this are they going to flash back to like eight days earlier or <laughs> right, something right. and then it goes in a different direction and you're like what yeah, are they yeah. wearing like weird full body bulletproof suits or something because right. i knew nothing about this movie going right. into it me neither so me neither. and that's where i think the lack of preparation comes in handy because i didn't know anything about this movie i was like oh we'll just watch this shoot 'em up that coco yeah. wants to watch and yeah it's Charlie's, got charlie's in it yeah she's yeah. she's great so i'll watch it and uh, i want to get valuable relationship points want to keep that ledger in the positive <laughs> and uh i didn't know anything about it and then when the the scenes open the way they do and there's massacre of the heroes. You're like, what? And you're you're this. I was thinking the same thing. It was like five weeks ago. This is where it right. started. And I was like, are they dead? Is that kind of the way that it's going to happen? But I, then I was really impressed the way it it developed from there, and that they were immortal. It's like, oh, I didn't see that coming. I almost expected them to pull off like a rubber like face, like right. in Scooby Doo, and you know, then <laughs> you know, and that was I'm like the for bull- you kids, right? I so. would have gotten away with it. <laughs> and the uh, the action. Like Charlize is a badass. Like oh, yeah. she kicked some major ass in this movie. I was just, I was in awe. I was like, I wish I could kick ass like she does. Oh, I'm glad she's... you can't. <laughs> in the middle of the night, all of a sudden, I've got the covers, too many covers, or something like that, and Coco's booting my butt out of the bed. <laughs> like Daltz gets like a haymaker, right. like in the middle of the night because he's hogging the covers, I'm snoring or something like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, the uh, the action sequences like they were choreographed really well. Yeah, I I enjoyed the storyline. I thought that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, the the big pharma guy he was a little bit of like an over the top comical villain. But these are based on graphic novels, he, so you're probably gonna have a little bit of an OTT villain for that. <laughs> they did find like, OTT. Look at you. Yeah, they did find like the strangest looking British person not named Benedict Cumberbatch. They could <laughs> to fill that role. You know, so. it just reminded me. I just I just thought of it. Who it reminds hmm. me of is uh, John C. Riley, only with like. Oh. Eyes closer together. Yeah, I can totally see that. And he was, I, I actually liked the fact that the villain in this was corporate greed and yeah. it was it was pharma. Because mm-hmm. I, I noticed when we're watching these movies, we're increasingly running out of bad guys. Like it's right. like the, you know, it used to be the Germans and then it used to be the Russians and then it used to be in one of the Lethal Weapon movies, it was the South Africans right. with apartheid and everything mm-hmm. like that. So you're trying to pick villain, people that people can hate around the world, the Libyans or whatever it happens to be. And it's like, yeah. we're running out of bad guys. And all of a sudden it's like, well, yeah, big pharma. That's a pretty good one. And so he was right. like that, uh, pharma dude who was, yeah, I think he was, he was sort of Shrekly or yeah, yeah. Or he's something in jail like now yeah, for yeah. evading taxes or something like that. Yeah. Who jacked up the price of EpiPen because by he like could 8 million percent or something yeah, like that. He said, yeah. because I could. And then he ended up buying some uh, album by, some one copy album from Wu Tang Clan or something like like just like a, a dirt bag for sure. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, it, this character seemed to have that kind of you know wearing a hoodie and was in his early thirties probably and 
had that kind of vibe to him. So I like the fact that they, we've got a new villain. What was interesting, and we, we, we saw this in the movie and we talked about it when we were watching it, was one of the major flaws was this major, yeah. the scene in London at where the, at the very end near the climax yeah. of the movie and there's nobody on the streets of London it, oh my okay so I lived in London and I have been back many times and based on the shots from the street I think where that lab is is close to Parliament mm-hmm. and though the streets of Westminster are never that deserted <laughs> like it was crazy I was like this has to be like some kind of like nuclear apocalypse fallout mm-hmm. for the streets of London to be that deserted or it was and, filmed now in pandemic times yeah like and when they all leave at the end like then suddenly as they're like yeah. driving off in their minivan like suddenly <laughs> suddenly like people start walking in from all different directions and now you've got the cops like zooming in with like yeah. like the European siren and I'm like London is the CCTV capital of the world right. like how yeah. how are they gonna get out so I was I was like freaking out during the movie I was like this, there is no way that the streets of London would be that deserted in the middle of the day like listener I was, it was it was awful I thought I was yeah. going to get flipped. I, you know, the yeah. table had already been flipped, and I thought I was going to get flipped. That's time how bad me, it was. Time for me to practice some of my Charlie's no. ass-kicking skills. No, because I'm going to be sitting in the couch beside you watching the movie, and then I'm going to get like a chop <laughs> to the thorax, and that's going to be it for me. So was there, uh, aside from the gruesome violence, was there anything that <laughs> That you... was threaded throughout the movie yeah. every three minutes? <laughs> was there anything that you especially disliked or especially liked? Um, no, I mean, it was, it was just kind of in the middle for me. Uh, I think like overall, I would say as far as the genre goes, it was fine. It was good. Charlize, I think she is so badass in this and she's like, I buy her being 6,000 years old in terms of the angst and -hmm. pain that she carries over all those years. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I don't have anything to compare that to. <laughs> <laughs> she did have one line, something about uh, when she was talking to the new girl, the new girl said something about f- forgetting and, you know, mm-hmm. being the worst thing. And Charlie's was like, no, it's not what like time takes away. It's what time replaces the mm-hmm. stuff you want to remember mm-hmm. with. And I was like, oh, yeah, on the nose. See, on the I, nose, see. The, I think I think there were some there were some groaners in there. Um, <laughs> You're like, yeah, no, that was really cheesy. What are you talking no, about? No, that was that was a good one, <laughs> but there were some groaners in there along the same lines like they were the vocabulary versions of the abandoned London streets. So I was like, what? Did, what happened there? Like that wasn't, you know, somebody's looking over and saying, well, we've got to do this. You know, like there's a there was a couple of clichés in there. It, overall, it was pretty good, but um but there was a couple of scenes where I was like, oh, come on. Like, just, no. Why did you have to do that? It's like when you, inevitably, when you're in one of these movies, somebody says, I'm too old for this crap. Yeah, uh-huh. Or, I can't believe this is happening. Like, there's all these certain lines that are in all these movies. And there was a couple in this in this particular, particular movie that was similar to that. But I, this movie was not for me. I'm not in this demographic uh, classification. <laughs> I think this this is more for... For superhero movie people and for people who love the shoot 'em ups, there wasn't a lot of cerebral discussion in this one. <laughs> Whereas, I would give it a solid B. I enjoyed it. It yeah. was escapist entertainment. The storyline was interesting. It was two hours and five minutes long. It didn't drag for me. For like you, it, yeah. it seemed like it moved along at a pretty good clip. Like it was, it was interesting enough. I thought all the performances were really, really good. Mm-hmm. I thought the fight sequences were really good. Mm-hmm. If if you're squeamish. 
Maybe this isn't the movie for you, but if you're just looking for something to knock out pretty fast on a weekend or a weeknight, I'd recommend it. Yeah, if you like extraction, you'll like this one. Yeah, definitely. It's the same kind of movie. Yeah. With an identifiable, you know, superhero as the... Although this one, it was excusable if they got hit by a car and then they bounced back. Whereas an extraction, <laughs> that was ridiculous, where they're getting hit by cars and they're getting battered around. It's like, oh, I feel so bad. Okay, come on, punch me. So there is, I'm going to spoil this. At the end, on the <laughs> deserted streets of London, one of the immortals goes out a high-rise window and falls into <laughs> a car on the deserted streets of London below. Yes. And you can see... The the bones. Dis, yeah, the disfigured. I mean, a body just hit a car at a high rate of speed going From about out. About 35 flights up. Right. So you can you can imagine what that body looked like. And then you can like see it like, you know, they will hold up their hand and you can see how it's just like completely mangled. And then you see it start to go back. And I was like, oh, regenerate. Yeah. yeah, I was. I had to look away at that point. Like of all the violence in that movie, like that was the time I had to look away. <laughs> well, and the, and the neck that gets slashed and everything like that. And the yeah. one guy gets opened up uh, when they when the the headquarters gets attacked and you see his innards and everything like that. It's like some of it was, I mean, it was yeah, not for the squeamish. Although some those effects were really good. Some of the other effects were not so good. Like there was a a scene where the uh, like a DC eight is taking off from the desert and it's clearly not, it's clearly like drawn. It's an animated airplane. Like I'm looking at it and it's like, there's no sun reflecting off this plane. There's no motion to anything. Like why am I busting the guys on this? I'm not even a movie guy. And I'm like, you know, that plane doesn't look real. You know, Netflix just had to like they rush slapped out. It together. Yeah. They had to rush out some content for all the people stuck at home streaming. So well, it was, it was sort of like one step ahead of, you know, when you have all those, those, a pad of paper and somebody writes an oh, airplane on yeah. it and then they flip the pad <laughs> and make the airplane fly. It was just a, a little bit above that to me because I, I, and I have to say I'm so spoiled because a lot of the effects these days are so great. Um, and this one was not in that class. So there was, again, there was some hits and misses for this one to me. And I'm looking at this movie probably more critically than is intended and then <laughs> then more people in the audience are doing because they're probably just sitting back there going blow them up real good i don't care <laughs> like that's kind of what i was doing though. right so yeah. right. so they're not looking at it like i am but so granted it's not the same same prism here valuable relationship points deducted they could just you know insulted your favorite thing <laughs> So um, two shell casings up for you, uh, yeah. Coco. Yeah, yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd say one up and one down. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I, the, so it's worth your while. It's two hours. Say. I thought it was a little long myself. I know you didn't say you didn't think it was long, but I thought it was a little too long. But maybe that's just because I was subjected to it. <laughs> Although oh, that, that was wow. But that was major valuable relationship okay, let, points deducted. Let's, let's, oh man. Let's go again because the one previous to that was. Babysitter's Club. Oh, that is true. Which yeah. was also not my choice. All right. So eventually we'll get around to a movie that I want to watch. And then Coco can just savage it. <laughs> just tear it apart. <laughs> why is the why is the, is the the rebel in The Breakfast Club so unbelievable? <laughs> that wasn't actually a very good Coco impression. <laughs> so on that note, <laughs> to, hear, to hear me talk like that in the future, you can subscribe to our podcast on Apple. Podcast, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Google Play, and YouTube. I'm actually glad that you don't have the Cherise Theron training right now because you would have chopped me. 
Yeah. Well, just wait till later. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> help, listener. Help. You can leave us a review. You can rate us on Apple Podcasts. We would appreciate it if you would do that. Only if it's nice, though. <laughs> you can also get a hold of us at CocoAndDalts at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at CocoAndDalts. And you can find us on the web at CocoAndDalts.com, where I believe Daltz has reviewed this very movie that we're talking about right now. Wow. How did you know that? Did you look at the site today? No, but you told me you were going to do it last night. Oh, so. I didn't do it last night. I got sidetracked. But I did it okay. today. Oh, okay. So it is on the site. All right. Well, that's good then. I told you I was going to do no preparation for this show. And many other shows that we have uh, watched uh, are also reviewed on there and books and music and stuff like that. So chickadee, check it out. And one thing that we're not reviewing is each other's cooking. <laughs> Which is probably good because Daltz has been to the hospital many times. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true at all. <laughs> Okay, I think we padded the end here long enough. So Alrighty. for another edition of the podcast, thank you for joining us, everybody. Thanks for putting up with us. We love listener. Word to your mother. Uh, for another week at the podcast, I'm not Coco. And I'm not Dalton. <laughs> <laughs>